You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, April 16th, 2018. And you're listening to episode 306. My name is Rob. Sitting me, sitting with me is Jason. Hi. Felt like being kind of subdued there. Don't need to oversell it, you know. I think I think by now people know if they're gonna if they're into this or not. Yeah, I yeah. hope. Great. And if you're a new listener, well, I mean, we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you. Don't get too excited. Keep it down. You know, not every every not every episode is going to be a banger. So. You know, just sometimes it's going to be a mash. We don't even know yet, right? We don't even know yet. We're just going to wait and see where it goes. Yeah, we're just going to wait and see where it goes. All right. Yeah. Hey, um, we have some more soda here in front we of do. us. We do. We do. This it's, it's it's brownish. It's brownish. This is Johnny Ryan brand. Johnny Ryan out yeah. of New York, was it? It was out of Niagara Falls. Okay. And what is it? It is. It's delicious birch beer. Oh, yeah. And it even says delicious on there. It does. Birch beer. Uh, it better be delicious. I've never heard of birch beer before. I have. I don't think I've ever had any, though. I uh, asked the guy behind the counter what it, how it's different from root beer, and he said, uh, it's like root beer. But it's got birch in it. I was it. like, okay, thanks, dude. So yeah, root beer might actually have birch. No, it's anise that gives root beer its taste. Is that correct? I think uh, anise is what you're thinking, I think is how it's pronounced. I, but I don't know. I, I've only ever heard it pronounced anise. Yeah, okay. So it's possible that they're pronouncing it wrong. But that's how wrong. every person I've heard pronounce it. It smells a lot like root beer. <laughs> it smells a lot like root beer. Oh, that's a good sound. Yeah. Yeah. Tastes a lot like root beer. Does yeah. It's different though. Yeah, it's a little different. So almost a little sharper, not as creamy as root beer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's good though. I like that. That's good. I could drink that. It's root beer's uh, younger brother that'll kick your ass. Hmm. That is that is quite good though. I yeah, I like tasty. That. I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. That's a winner. Yay, winners! All right, we've had two winners two nights in a row. It's impressive when that happens, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I realized today that, uh, you and I haven't talked about this and, and you might already know this based on talking to some folks that we work with, but, uh, um, some, some guys that we work with and I have joined the local curling league. I actually didn't know that. You didn't know this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's dorky. It's super dorky, wow. right? Yeah. Do I'm you have s- to be able to skate to do that? No, no, no. You don't wear skates for curling. You just walk on the ice okay. and, and you push a, you push the stone. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, last week we, uh, Chris and I went and did a learn to curl session. Mm-hmm. Well, so Chris did this like, I don't know, like three or four months ago, did a learn to curl session at, uh, at the at wing stadium here in town. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they were doing that. It was just kind of a, just an open event. And they said, Hey, anybody wants to, you can sign up for, for beginners league, no experience required. And so he did. Uh-huh. And then he mentioned it to me and Greg. Uh, and so the three of you were doing it and, uh, and Joe from accounting. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, so Chris mentioned that and he said, so I signed up cause I, you know, whatever, I don't care. I thought, you know, and, and, and he was going to talk to a few people about it, but if nobody else signed up, whatever, they just pair him up with some other beginners and he right. meets some new people and have a good time. And I was like, no, I'm totally doing that with you. That sounds great. So uh, what's your job in curling? Well, everybody does different things That's and, know, and, so. yeah, and everybody rotates through those jobs. Oh, so you have to practice all of them. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I thought the person, I'm pretty sure the person who pushes the stone with no, skates every no huh yeah they, they they have they have one one shoe that has a low friction surface on it that you slide on oh, okay but it's not a skate so you have to buy special curling shoes well they have equipment for beginners so you don't have to buy a bunch of oh, stuff that's nice yeah right yeah yeah little 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 grippy booties that you put on your on your shoes and then there's a separate like teflon skid thing that you put on for sliding easily okay so it, that's fine i don't have all the position names down you know one person is the one that pushes and guy and guides the stone then there's a couple of people that that use the brooms to try and, and help adjust mm-hmm. the, the direction and speed and things and then there's a guy at the end i know he's called the skip and he he calls out orders and helps you direct the uh the stone um and i just thought oh it's like shuffleboard but it's so much more complicated than shuffleboard 
there's so much more strategy involved. Because the pressures, you are basically controlling how far it goes. You can influence how far it goes with the brooms and in which direction it's going to curl. Uh, ba- and, and, and based on based on on what kind of a turn you give it when you push it, uh, when when you let it go, and and how how the the sw- I think they're called sweepers. I could I might I guess sure, don't don't sure. know all the words yet. Um, but based on how the sweepers um, uh, uh, do their job, and where and how and how basically quickly. the slider, the janitors, and the yeller. That's kind of <laughs> more more or less. I suppose. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited about it. The, the 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 learning to curl night was was super fun. Um, Did you learn to curl? I, I learned how to how to stand and how to push the stone, and uh, and I learned a little bit about how to how the scoring works and what mm-hmm. some of the strategies are, which is good. That doesn't mean I'm going to be good at it, but in a league full of beginners and first timers, no one else should be good at it either. I, I'll have a leg up because there are only three of us. <laughs> they went to the learn to curl night. Everybody else in the league is going to be a beginner. Then we'll be there for the Seriously, first time. Only three people showed up for that. Yes, was it you, Chris, and Joe? It was me, Chris, and a guy that we didn't know who's oh. on actually on a different night, <clears throat> different league night. So actually, the only people in our league night that have done it before are going to be me and Chris. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about. it. I think it's going to be fun. It, and even better, it's it's three Wednesday nights in April, and that's it, and then it's over. Wow. And so it's super low commitment, super casual. Uh, they said no beer on the ice, but. That is, so it not is super casual. <laughs> but it, they, but they yeah. said in in like the the club charter that they sent out to everybody, they said it is customary for the losing team to buy the winning team a beer after. Fair like that is that is expected. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm really I'm really excited about it. I think so it's try to time. win, get some free beer. Yes. Right. That sounds great. Yeah. 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 It's hard work though, man. Man, those things are heavy. Don't don't try and pick up a curling stone. No. Don't do it. Do, you, do they just slide them? They just slide them. Don't try do you and have like it a up. stick that hooks to it to slide it? No, you just squat down and push it, or, or you can shove it with your with your foot, or push it with a broom real quick. But they slide super easily too. Um, They're yeah. like super slick on the bottom or something. Uh, no, it's it's because it, the the ice is prepared in a special way. They call it pebbling, uh, where after after the smooth ice surface is created, is then they spray droplets of water on it to create a bumpy surface that reduces friction. So there's fewer oh. points of contact between the heavy stone and the ice. That makes total sense. Yeah, and so it slides that much more easily. Um, and then when you're sweeping, you're, you're putting friction on that surface, which, which melts that the pebbling and makes the stone, uh, slide easier. I see. Yeah. Uh, but of course it's cold in there, so it refreezes very, very quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, it was cool. I'm, well, yeah. I hope you have a good time. Me that too. sounds like fun. I got a hell of a bruise on my knee though. <laughs> so. Sounds like you. Yeah. So, uh, I'll probably have to deal with that for, for the next month in front of me. Actually, when this episode goes up, I will have already uh, curled twice. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So that's cool. Wow. So that's the big event happening for me in my life. Um, I don't really have anything else to talk about. For me, it's spring break. Spring break. Spring break. Spring break. Oh, man. It's spring break. Oh, man. Yeah. We're not going to do much. We're just going to hang out. Okay. That's good. Little trips, day trips and stuff. That's good. That's cool. That's cool. Right on, fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, fun. all right. Okay, this birch beer is pretty tasty. I like this. It is. Yeah, there's no alcohol in it, so I'm aware. Don't of get that. your hopes up. I'm not. Okay, all right. I probably shouldn't be drinking alcohol with the medicine that I want. Oh, okay, <laughs> but pure cane sugar. All yeah, bad. all right. Let's do that. Uh, yeah. Nothing else going on with you. Not a damn thing. No. Okay. Well, uh, I guess uh, we have some uh, some uh, emails or voicemails or something, right? What do we got? Loads of them. So we have several emails, several voicemails. So we thought we'd do our old let's go through those. Sure. Because we like to make sure we go through the stuff, the builders. Uh, and not let it sit for too long like we have in yeah. the past. Actually, we kind of like to let it sit for too long based on, on actions. We say we don't like to, but anyway, we do. We do. We let it sit. We let it sit. Sit, 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 sit. Going to start off with a voicemail. Okay. BCG, they watch for completely random. So um, this is going to be, this phone call is after you recorded episode uh, 301. So the uh, may never see the light of day, and I'm okay with that. But I was having this, so I was on Twitter today, and I saw this message that uh, 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 a Twitter user posted about um, 
uh, wanting to eat something or play something. I don't want to get real specific because I don't think that's necessary. And then other posters commented, and the individual was like, I wasn't asking for advice. And I thought that was weird. I'm like, well, then what's the point of social media? Because I personally don't use Twitter a lot because I, I, I don't know if people care that, you know, hey, Lear Westford's driving around. I mean, I know the builders half care, and um, I know that you and Rob need content, Jason, so there's that, too. It helps fill airspace sometimes when needed, and that's why I do it. Maybe? I don't know. I'm rambling now. But the, the real point here is Twitter, right? Oh, I wasn't asking for advice. Well, then why did you make that comment sound like, you know, a struggle? And when people try to support you, you, you kind of kick them in the nuts. I don't know if I'm, I'm being clear here. I hope I am. I hope I am. Uh, talk to you later, guys. Bye. Uh, Len, I think you were being very, very clear. Uh, very clear. I, I think your message came through, uh, as they say, loud, loud and, and clear. clear. Right. Um, I, I agree with Len on that. I yep. don't know the specific instance that he was talking about, but yeah, um, people go on social media and they, and they spout off, uh, and, 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 and whatever, who cares? I don't care. So I get on there sometimes and complain about crap. That's fine. We're human beings. We're allowed to do that. But, but other times people go on there and talk about all the struggles that they're having and, and, and. And I, I, I don't do that because mm-hmm. because I, I try to be a little bit more reserved about such stuff. But don't get angry with other people when they try and help you, when right. they want to extend right. help. And they, I mean, yeah. Or even, like, I've had, actually had people, like there were some friends I had, uh, I guess we're still friends, I don't know, but <laughs> they would constantly on Facebook be posting political stuff that was like yeah. mean, despiteful, and hateful. And so I would always respond to it. And they felt like, man, why do you respond to this every time? I said, you quit, you quit posting and not quit responding. And eventually they gave up. Yeah. And I was like, yay, win for social media sure. today. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I'm like, either unfriend me mm-hmm. or stop posting this stuff or deal with it. Yeah. I mean. That's, that's your choices. You're putting this stuff in a place right. that is designed to enable other people right. to consume it. That is not an echo chamber. Yeah. Right. So right. I will not let you be an echo chamber. If you if you want to say things and and really do not want to hear anybody's feedback, then start a diary. Yeah, and yeah keep it in yeah. your drawer at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you're going to put it on the internet, odds are pretty good that people are going to respond. Right. Open up a Word doc. Yeah. At the yeah. top, put um, www.creedsblog.com slash blog slash internet slash dot com. Yeah. And then you just write whatever you want in there, and no one's ever going to read it. Yeah. Yay! We all win. Yeah. So cool. Whatever those that person's personal demons were, I I hope they figure it out. Right. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Email here from our buddy Kelly Hoogland. What? Who's Kelly. That? What's his name? Kelly. I don't know this guy. Yeah. You have do. I met him? You have. I uh, you. So it is titled "Author versus Inventor," which totally piqued my interest because hmm. you know, uh, there's author, there's inventor, and there's designer. Right. Those are the three things we've heard people say. Yeah. You you complained. Uh, several times in the past about how you don't like to be the word inventor. inventor yeah. yeah. So he says, "Hey guys, I'm reading this book on Euro games. I bet that book is boring. No offense, <laughs> Kelly, but that book has to be hella boring." <laughs> Anyways, uh, and it talks at length, go figure, about different ways designers are perceived in Germany versus the U.S. Uh, German game designers are, or were, in this book almost 10 years old now, viewed and treated much more like creatives, like authors specifically. American designers were treated more like inventors, more analytical. What are your thoughts on that difference, uh, and do you give it any validity? Uh, How do you view yourselves? Uh, do you find it interesting that the creators of mechanics of heavy Euro games are were viewed as more creative than analytical? Sorry if this is a repeat topic. No, Kelly, this is fantastic. This is a really good question. This is a gold mine. And kudos to you for reading that book and theoretically not falling asleep. Um, so what are your thoughts, Rob? First of all, do you give it the validity, um, the different perceptions? I, I don't know. I um, uh, Boy, I don't know. Inventor... To me, always implies gadgety and yes. and yes. you know, in mechanical and 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 maybe sort of inspirational even, and that's probably not a fair uh, uh, connotation for me to apply to it. But that's right. what I always kind of feel when I hear that. Yeah, but author to me says 
I wrote a book. I wrote a play. I wrote, I wrote something. I didn't yeah. create an experience. I wrote a book. Role playing games, sure. Call that guy an author, yeah. right? Or girl, or girl. Uh, yeah. That person. We are. We are not. We don't conform to gender binaries. We. We are <laughs> the ex- person. Sure. With the individual. We are. We are. We are accepting and open. Uh, I can be accepting and open. Say guy or girl. It doesn't make me not accepting hey, and open. Hey, you're still being. Binary. At least I said guy or girl and not. Well, we need to be just dude. We need to be accepting. I'm gonna just start saying dudes, and when I say dudes, that means everybody. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> Homeboys. <laughs> homies. My, homies. Homies. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. how do you view yourselves? Uh, I think of myself as a game designer. I also think of myself as an author because sometimes I write stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I do not think of myself as an inventor because I do not invent gadgets or I, gadgety things. Honestly, I kind of think of myself as a hobbyist and occasionally... You're a hobby what? I'm a hobbyist. I have several hobbies. But and, when you're working on the hobby that revolves around games. One of my hobbies is designing games. So you're a hobby game designer? Uh, I am a hobbyist who sometimes puts his creative energies into designing games. So I'm sorry, Kelly. Rob doesn't want to answer this question because he's a I, jerk. Well, because I... Yeah, I don't know. I'm whatever. L- language is complicated, right? Language and, and and the way people feel about words is complicated right. and inconsistent, and it and it changes over time. The thing that I where I see inventor used most are people who are working for companies like Hasbro. Yeah. Hasbro specifically refers to their designers as inventors, um, and those people are um, a lot of those are in the toy game market, uh, which it feels more like they are inventing something, yeah. right? Person mm-hmm. who made mousetrap, I feel like they invented a mousetrap sure. that doesn't work most of the time. <laughs> so <laughs> they they invented a fun toy that lots and lots of kids have played with. That's what they right. do. Yeah, yeah. Inventor to me really feels more like I, I made a thing that that people uh, use or play with. Right. 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 That's it's it's feel it feels more like a toy thing than right. game. And and lots of games are toys. I right. mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I think I almost prefer creative, creative or, or creator, creator. Yeah, that's that also feels kind of self-aggrandizing to me. Well, no, you created something. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> well, all right, that's fair. Um, and then the last <laughs> thing he asked was, do we find it ironic that the uh, that you know Euro game designers think of themselves as you know authors or storytellers, uh, not you know not analytical? And I, I do. I think that's hilarious because most of them have no story. It's the same story, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are trading in the Middle Ages, or you're playing cards with numbers, or you're doing anything that's not actually exciting. Yeah, we, yeah, because we typically define an author as somebody who who writes words and and creates a and not necessarily creates a story, but but I would say an author is someone who tells a story. Tells a story, I think, is a good way to phrase that. You're right. Yeah, be it fiction or nonfiction. Uh, yeah. But are you telling a story when you play Settlers of Catan? Well, in Whoever, a sense. well, okay. Well, Settlers is a bad example. Stone <laughs> Age. Are you? You're not though. You could be telling the story of of your competing tribes. Yeah. It all depends on theme, right? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I gave you a specific theme in that game, and you're not telling a story. Well, what about what you? About, literally go to the to the the hump hut or whatever it's called. The hump hut. You, the hump hut. <laughs> you 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 for one turn, and then suddenly you've made a baby that uh-huh. contributes just as much as everyone else. Part of the story. It's not uh, though. It's on a compressed timeline. Okay. Well, what about what about the scientist who uh, who does a, an in depth study and, and publishes a paper or even an entire book about about the science that they're doing? Did they not? author that book yeah. or author that paper because they wrote a book but they're not telling a story they're reporting facts they are telling a story though the way that they're reporting those facts is by telling a story they're not i don't know that they're presenting a narrative though i mean okay but let's not yeah i don't know words are complicated that's my point you're just being uh, contrary on purpose. I'm not. Doing. Sometimes yes, i are. do that this time i'm not yeah it feels like you are hey nate darty sent us an email <laughs> hey nate he says, hey, lads, I just got this email from Peter at Jellybean Games because I backed one of their chaos campaigns. Uh, if you scroll past the plug for Show and Tile by a couple of schmucks I've never heard of. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Schmucks. Did you add that or did he? No, he actually said, he said that. that huh? He said that. Good for Nate. Yeah. Uh, there's a great list of 54 game design tips. I found many of them enlightening, and I thought it'd be a good resource for any of you who are struggling. Um 
It's a good topic for the show. Here's 54 good topics. And here's to 300 more episodes, Nate. Huh. Uh, we were not going to read all 54 of these. I've read some of them because I'm friends with them on Facebook. And uh-huh. they're all pretty good. Um, there's got to be a way to get a hold of these somewhere. Um, I would say you should like Jellybean Games on Facebook. And okay. I bet you could ask them for that. Okay. So, um, right. yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Good story. Yep. Really happy with so, how that went. Me too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for not reading any of the things that he referenced to us. Yeah. Because well, yeah. there's 54 of them. We well, can read a couple. Okay. I mean, number one, most of game design is giving people systems which they can use to have fun. The rest is removing systems which they will use to avoid having fun. Two, any card that causes players to skip a turn uh, undoes their last move or prevents them from being able to take a cool actions may as well just read have less fun <laughs> avoid that you never need that i've done that before and it was a mistake it's always a mistake yeah uh three it doesn't matter if another player popular game does if another popular game does it your game is going to be competing against current and future games the standards are higher cut your mechanics which are causing negative experiences here this is the last one i read okay this is a good one if you're a new designer design an 18 card game then design a worker placement, then a social deduction game, then 4X or drafting or a party game. Develop them until you have either have no major flaws or you're ready to throw them out. Then you're ready to start designing your real games. So, yeah. You're basically saying design some very specific things, mm-hmm. get work, good at it. Work on some, yeah. work on understanding these concepts. Yeah, yeah that's what, he's, what the message is. Learn from that. Uh, grow, your, grow your capacity and your understanding then then actually get to work. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's good advice. Without without intending to, that's sort of the path that you and I both took, right? Mhm. Not not planning on on having so many failures <laughs> so early on. Right. But we that ended up being the path we took. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, this one is from Luke McDonald. Luke. I don't know Luke. Uh, I don't know either. Hey, guys. Hey, Luke. Hey, Luke. Been listening for a few months now and just got to episode 100. Good. Hey, really interesting to hear back through all those old pitches. Yeah, they're real old now. But one that stuck out to me most was Maelstrom. Maelstrom. You've talked about it quite a bit on the show and Uh. talked about having a PNP up. And every time you'd mention it, I'd try to find it and then consider emailing you, but backing out. So here I am, finally asking, where do I get this PNP? Dying to try it. And I think the whole concept is really interesting. Yeah. Love the theme and think it's circular movement is cool. Uh, if there's a reason you can't share it uh, anymore, obviously that's cool. But I, I thought I'd ask anyway. Thanks for the great show. Only podcast I've ever been able to get to episode 100 on. Oh, well, oh, thank thanks. you. I'm so sorry that you... That you Wasted so much time listening to us. Um, Maelstrom, I did have a uh, print and play out for a while. Um, I think I ended up uh, just posting links to it on Twitter a very long time ago. But it's it, it was hosted on our website. It was in we had a you had yeah. a print and play folder, I think, in, in there. Probably but is. Yeah, it's long since gone. So I forwarded you that email, okay, so that you can respond to him and tell him that I don't because he's on episode one hundred, dude. Yeah, I don't, by the time he gets to it, you probably don't have it anymore because your I computer don't, died. Right. But yeah. You could at least tell him, hey, thanks. I don't have it. I don't think I have that stuff anymore anywhere. Um, yeah, because I lost a hard drive in there. Yeah, um, at least once. Oh boy, um, I don't know. I don't even remember how to play that game, man. Right, go in a circle and shoot at each other. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. I liked it too, but it was it was too fiddly, too kind of kind of hard to get into. Oh, so kind of like Saloon Tycoon. Oh, just kidding. I love ah, like it. Hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Well, Saloon Tycoon basically is just too mean. So. So much take that. The whole game is take that, basically. Yeah, right. Basically, it's called Saloon Tycoon. Take that. Sure did well on Kickstarter, as did the expansion, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. People love take that games, right? I think right right now it's in the top 2,000 on uh, BGG. Top 2,000? Wow. No, I mean, hey, hey. I know, I know. Your favorite Tom Vassell came out and said, hey, if if your game's in the top 2,000 in BGG, you made a really good game. Well, if Tom Vassell said that, it must be friggin' true, because that guy knows everything. Yeah. So. Asking about local game stores. He's a friggin' genius. Anyways, <laughs> let me read this next email from Glenn I, I, Vanderwood. How do you feel? Really feel, Jason. I'm not going to say on the air. 
Uh, wow, 300 episodes. Congratulations to both of you. I finally you. caught up to the big milestone show after not listening for most of 2018. I blame the lag. Uh, I blame my lag on you guys since you kept plugging an uh, an old and retired podcast about flipping tables. I'm glad I dove into that for a while. First, it's delightful. Second, oh, my so kids good. will listen to it. And third, episode 300 made a lot more sense knowing who moderator Chris was. <laughs> I never, call. I never heard about Unpub before, uh, even though it's just up the highway because he lives out by that way. Oh, uh, it okay. looks like uh, a great opportunity to see some new people and some new games. I was excited to go until I realized that my weekend is already booked with family, uh, which in itself is wonderful. Whatever, but just still a then. letdown no, 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 at the moment. No. Well, it's a little was, late now. It is. You're right. Um, I'll point some of my friends that way instead. Keep on building Glenn Vanderwood. All so, right, thanks, thank you, Glenn. Glenn. All right. So Patrick Rodland here. Okay. Uh, sent us a message a while back that I didn't read on the show. I responded to him and said, you're a he jerk? said no, because I wanted to get his permission first. Oh. Uh, he said, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, blah, 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 yakety schmackety. And then uh, he no was like, back. and then I was, you should do that. And then he was like, uh, that's yakety yak. Um, anyway, so he was like, um, here are the questions I think I would ask. So I responded and said, uh, can we answer those questions on your show? And he was like, on our show? And he was like, sure. So, Patrick, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here's a few questions he would ask about um, uh, designers. So some of these are specific about a game, okay? Okay. All right. How did you get started with this game? Let's say it's Saloon Tycoon, Rob. Uh, so I got started with Slim Tycoon because I had the idea of placing cubes on cards and I thought that and you be, made a really bad game and that would be cool. And then I thought, Oh, what if I then, what if I put four cubes on the corners of a card and then I put another card on top of that and then I put four cubes on top of that card and then I put another card on top of that. Oh my God. I've just changed the world is what I thought. And you played the game and it sucked and um, you threw it away. I played about half of the game and I thought, eh, I'm not sure if that's working. And then Neil read the rules and was like, dude, this is a bad idea. <laughs> And then I said, well, that was a dumb idea because Neil said so. So I moved on. And then like a year and a half later, I thought, I wonder if there's anything else I could do with that. And I thought, wait a minute, not cards, tiles. Yep. And that's how I ended up with the ticket. So the second question you already answered, which is how long did it take? Third question. My favorite mechanism is blank. My favorite mechanism is... uh, Probably take that. Oh, that's close. <laughs> uh, um, I think I think I like I think I like worker placement probably, but that's hard. A favorite is a hard word. It's a hard thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's something you tried in the game that totally didn't work? Ooh, cubes it, and cards in Saloon Tycoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Oh, was that was that first favorite uh, mechanic in Saloon Tycoon? If that was the question, then it's the stacking cubes and tiles because yeah, yeah. that's super great. I didn't want to correct you. Sorry. You were so excited about other stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, so cards, right? Um, uh, yeah. Cards, going to tiles instead of cards. Um, I also originally had it as you were building in kind of a plus sign. Uh, oh, that was bad. Yeah. Um, it worked fine. Seizing. It, it worked fine. fine but, um, but the feedback that I was getting is, oh, man, I wish I could just kind of keep going, right? I wish I could keep going. And uh, and then I said, well, why am I limiting them? Why why can't I just let people right, keep going? Right. But I also needed it to somehow still kind of connect to the theme, and that's where it turned out being, oh well, if I just it's at the corner of the crossroads, and you can keep building outward, right? And the game will end before you run out of space, Man, and it's fine. Whoever thought of that and told you that must have been really smart. Uh, it it was a good it was a good suggestion. That yeah. suggestion came from uh, um um Patrick 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 uh, from um. That oh. company that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, gosh. I, I, I feel terrible that I'm forgetting the name now. Um, Crash. Crash. Crash Games. Games. Yeah, Patrick yeah. from Crash Games said, yeah, this is cool. But I, And he was not the only person to say that. But when he said it, for whatever reason, it was like, gosh, he's he's really right about that. Yeah. He's really right about that. Probably because so, a publisher said it. So you were like, oh. Maybe, maybe that's all it was. Yeah. But yeah. But no, I mean, and he was absolutely right about that. And that was really good advice. Really good advice. What's something you'd like to change about someone else's game? Um, I would probably have picked better art for Unreal Estate. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I would have made it science fiction first of all. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a space game, not watercolors. I mean, probably I just mean, abstract. Look, it's not bad art. Okay, uh, it's not bad. That's that's all I'll say. Right. <laughs> um, no, that's not fair because I really like Unreal Estate. So someone else's game. Um, do I have to pick a game that I really like? 
or I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Well, here's I'm, something you would change. What? Smash up. You'd make it have a lot less text on the cards. Uh, I would just not make smash. I just don't. <laughs> you just I set mean, the game on fire. I would just not play smash up because I really don't like it. Um, I would. I would like to. Um, I have about six games in my collection that I've gotten halfway through the rule book on, and then just said, "Never mind." Uh, I would make those games have better rules that are easier to learn. Uh, and the, you know, in a couple of these were games where they were demoed for me at Gen Con, and I was like, "Oh, that's super easy. Oh, I totally get how to play this game. I'm totally gonna buy this because I'm gonna play it a lot because I really like that." And then, you know, you get home, and a couple of weeks later, you sit down and you play it, and then you're like, "This is not." None of this connects with my memory right. of how to play this game. That always sucks. Did, did he demo something different for me using these cards? Because this is not... And the yeah. words and these rules are not telling me how to play... I would... Well, that's the opposite of what happened like with Small Worlds, remember? Here's yeah. the worst demo ever. Two right. years in a row. Two I'm going to buy it anyways. Oh my gosh, this game is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this next one, we're going to do... T- we're both going to answer oh. back and forth. Like, these are... Uh, these are less, this, these, it'll work better this way. Okay. <laughs> but you can go first and then I'll answer. All right. What is, what's a crazy but true fact about you? A crazy but true fact about me. Yeah. Um, define crazy. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. What's a crazy but true fact about you? That's the whole freaking question. It's okay. not like I'm withholding evidence here. <laughs> All right. A crazy but true fact about me. I had... A uh, comic strip in uh, the uh, uh, Friday section of the Kalamazoo Gazette for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Six weeks? No, it was only five weeks. And then you got fired for doing something bad. No, the uh, the editor was a jerk to me, and I was young and stupid and said, well, you just don't understand, man, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, that was too bad. That was stupid. That was a stupid thing for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Crazy but true fact about me. Uh, as of yesterday, uh-huh. I have now tried 673 different flavors of Keurig cups. <laughs> and I have wow. a spreadsheet with all of them listed. I, I know that you have that spreadsheet. I bet a lot of people out there didn't know that. Yeah. Though. With your rating, right? You even rate each one. I just say what I buy to get or not. Okay. I don't get crazy about it. Um, 673? 673. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you're on an island. What one-player game would you bring with you? One-player game? Solo game? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I have to say Hostage Negotiator because that's really the only one that I've uh, I've really connected with and enjoyed. And I've tried a few others that just... A couple of those are some, some solo games. or games that I think have rules that are so terrible that I can't even play them. Right. Like One Deck Dungeon. Right. Um, so... I've never played this game, but I would bring Friday by Friedman Freese because it's a game about surviving on an island. Uh, I have it. I just haven't had a chance to play it. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Who would win in a fight between Spider-Man and Batman? Well, so this is is one of those difficult uh, and kind of unfair uh, things because you have to to qualify and you have to say, does did Batman have time to prepare? Right, because if Batman had time to prepare, then Batman wins. Period. Right. Every time. Right. Every time. Yeah. But if but if if Batman is caught off guard, and he's like, "Who is that guy? He's from a different universe and publisher. I know, I've never heard of him before, and don't know what his thing is." Then, I think it could be. I think then Spider Man's got him. Oh yeah. 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 I think Batman beats anyone given preparation time. Right, right. I mean, he beats Superman like routinely with preparation time. Yeah, like he does like like every every eight months or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man are yeah. just a regular, like, he could be like, here's what Spider-Man does. Here's his strengths and weaknesses. Go fight him right now. And Batman would still lose. Yeah. But if he had like, you know, a couple days to prepare, oh yeah, he'd take him out for yeah. sure. I mean, he's, right. he's Batman. It's what he does. Yeah. That's his, that's his superpower, right? Yeah. Then, you know, his money. He's the detective. Okay. This is, this is a good one. You're going to love this question. Okay. Who's your favorite Disney princess? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Disney princess. I know, right? <clears throat> uh, princess, uh, princess, uh, Ilanwi from the Black Cauldron. That's my favorite. Is that a Disney movie? It is. She's not a Disney princess, though. She, well, she is. She's not. She's not one of the the Disney princesses. She is a princess in an animated Disney film. Princess Ilanwi. She's a princess owned by Disney. 
She Agreed. is a Disney princess. Great. Okay. Then mine's Princess Leia. Sure. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. You, yeah, absolutely. I was really trying to go through like, gosh, like which like princesses, because like, I've seen all the Disney movies, especially sure. my daughter loves them. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <clears throat> Moana's yeah. pretty cool. Like, I haven't seen it. She's pretty awesome. Um, uh, yeah, no. Princess yeah. Leia counts. Sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. This is the last question. Okay. In a Hollywood movie Uh-oh. made about your life, nope. whom would you like to see play you in the lead role? Ooh, you need to go first on this one. Sure. Okay. Uh, so hands down, my first choice, anytime someone asks me this question, is always Timothy Oliphant because he is the <laughs> coolest dude ever. And you look a lot like Ever. Him. I don't yeah. look anything like him. So in <laughs> truth, it would probably be like Zach Galifianakis, uh-huh. uh, but I... I would if I was picking it would be Timothy Oliphant because you he there's no one cooler and more intimidating than Timothy Oliphant. He's a cool dude. So, He's uh, a cool dude and he can be scary when he wants to. But yeah. uh I look more like Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um Man, I don't I don't Somebody weird. Somebody weird. And some like character, like weird character actor, like not a big name, like um, Paul like, Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I eh. nah. I see. I don't think he's quite right. I want to say well, I don't either. But he's a weird character actor. Yeah, but he's too big, too much to love like a leading man. Um, uh, I want to say like, um, who's the guy who played? I wonder if it's who I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, uh, what is his name? What what movie? Um, The Running Man, but he's done it. He's one of those, one of those character actors you've seen in a in a thousand things in the eighties and nineties. He's in The Running Man. He's the assistant to the bad guy TV show host. Hmm. Um, his name I want to say his name's Kurt something. I gotta look it up now. I gotta gotta look it up now. I'm sorry. I was gonna say William H Macy. William H Macy that. again. He's kind of a leading man though. No, he's not. Are you kidding me? He, no. He's no. headlined a bunch of movies. No, he hasn't. Uh, how about Never Fargo? Actual... Whoa, 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 William H. Macy. Francis McDermott. They're, they're the two she, leads in that, that. She's the lead and he's the weird guy. He's the number two in, in that movie. You know, what am I looking for? Honestly, IMDb. I would take Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges as the dude. Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> you can't say Jeff Bridges because, because that's too easy. Because everyone wants him. Because right. he's amazing in everything he does. Even bad movies, he's amazing. What uh, IMDb. I'm looking for. I should really get this app, um, and uh, it's as soon as I see his name, it's gonna. I'm gonna say aha. Um, so, Running Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. His name is. His name is. Oh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Uh, he's the assistant to Richard Dawson. His name is Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller. <laughs> wow, that guy, really? Yeah, he's done a million things and he's great and yeah. he's weird, right? He is weird. I literally got to it a half second before you, yeah. after you. He's in Ghostbusters 2. He's in Wayne's World. Yeah, he's yeah he's done a million things. Kurt Fuller, I love that guy. I love that guy. That's the guy. I want him to play me. Okay, I, he's way good, too old good for you. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, way. Yeah. But this is, this is fantasy casting, right? He's just a weird dude, and 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 he's always charming and enjoyable, and and you're always, oh, it's that guy. I love that guy. Everybody loves that guy. He's yeah. Everybody loves that guy. Okay. okay. Oh wait, why did I close my phone? You need that. You have to answer those first questions still. No, I'm just what? having you answer those. Oh, you're... We're gonna run out of time otherwise. All right. We're actually already short on time. I don't think I'm going to be able to pitch this what? episode. Yeah. It's, oh, because we still got to play with the for you because you had the the voice the other. I've had a bunch of voice stuff too. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. All right. So we're not pitching tonight. You're not pitching tonight. Cop out. I was ready. I try. I've been ready to pitch this game forever. Okay. This is from Andrew Griffin. He um. So he he uh, he actually wrote a bunch of stuff to us. Uh. And um, he's got some stuff in here, but I don't want to share it. It's about a board game prototype uh, so I, that he's looking at the GameCraft stuff for. So I don't actually want to share it. Uh, it looks good, though. It looks cool. Uh, so I'm going to play your, your uh, audio instead. All right? All right. Cheerio. Hey, guys. What's up? It's Andrew Griffin in the UK. 
uh, back in the car driving again, so apologies for yet another poor audio. Um, uh, yeah, just coming up to uh, a motorway called the M60, which is pretty much at a standstill, so uh, deep joy for a Monday morning commute. Another another long drive into the office. Yeah, so <clears throat> had a few things uh, I was going to ask, maybe kind of topic ideas, I guess, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, uh, I'm working on a game design, obviously, and listen to the podcast. Uh, and I've got a bit of an issue with trying to get a board all set up, because basically I... Um, I need to have uh, a hexagon inside a hexagon inside a hexagon, some some design thing. I am rubbish with my graphic design, I've got the concept in my head, I can't seem to get it down on paper properly. I want to try and get a prototype done on GameCrafter so that I've got something on the proper game board so that it actually feels a bit more like a a real prototype. Um, I don't really know what the best way of going about it is, what you guys do, just... uh, don't really want to be spending a load of uh, a load of money on getting the game, you know, the board game designed at this point, and and getting all the art and stuff done on it. But equally, I've tried to do it myself, and the mock-ups aren't coming up that great. So, just wondering what your thoughts are on on just paying somebody to do a quick and dirty prototype board layout, just so that you've got something you can slap on a a board of Gamecraft or whatever just so that you've got something you can work with uh, so that's my my rambling question I guess um, so it's so at that awkward point where I've been running a prototype for a while I want to take it to uh, a beta version of the prototype not to the full game design yet don't want to spend loads of money on it just wondering how how you guys go about that, whether you just do your own art, whether you just put up with it being shoddy, um, until you're ready to go fully on it. So that'd be interesting. Uh, sorry, a bit distracted trying to drive, so I'm, I'm going to stop you there. Uh, good speech here. As always, enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Um, yeah, cheers. Speak to you soon. Bye now. All right, so good questions. Thank you for calling uh, yeah. about the um, uh, what do you do with a prototype? So this is hard, right? Uh, and I'm going to speak this instead of letting Rob speak this because Rob's answer would just be do decent graphic design <laughs> in Photoshop and make it work and quit whining about it because uh, that's what Rob does. Uh, but I can't do that because I'm not good at it. Uh, so I feel your pain. Um, but here's the deal. For an initial prototype where you're just really trying stuff out, just hand draw it. Just do whatever you have to do to get something to the table that's reasonably good enough for people to look at. Don't be embarrassed if it looks stupid. Um, that's okay, right? Um, try and make it as clear as you can for people, but it doesn't have to be uh, super fancy, right? Yeah. Well, I think what he was saying, though, is that he's already done that and he wants to get it, take it another step further a little bit. I, that's what I got from what he was saying. Okay. So it, yeah. if that's the case, then yeah, um, draw something up and then pay someone to do the graphic design i don't honestly know what else to tell you other than trying to figure it out yourself but i also understand how hard that is so i i would say i've been yeah i've talked before recently that i've been trying to teach myself inkscape um inkscape is free uh and and there's a lot of really good tutorial videos and, and things online and i've been very very impressed with how accessible uh, inkscape is um especially if all you really want to do is make some shapes uh, and if you're making a hex grid, man, there is a tool in Inkscape that is the shape tool, a polygon tool. Actually, I don't even know what it's called, but uh, all you do is is you tell it you tell it how many corners you want, three, four, five, whatever, and then you click and drag, and it's going to draw that shape for you. And you know, and if you if you hold down Shift, it'll or if you just just click and drag, it'll drag from a corner. If you hold down Shift and and click and drag, it'll it'll, it'll you'll be clicking the center and expanding outward. And if you hold down control and drag it'll it'll snap to angles right it won't be free for me so it's it's super super easy just to make a simple hex grid um and 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 i would say don't be afraid of inkscape um it's it's really really very accessible and very easy to to get into i'm sure there's a lot that it can do that i'm still not prepared for 
Um, but but don't I would say don't be afraid of it in, in tutorials. There are good, simple tutorials out there. In terms of making something that looks nicer um, or that might be a little more rugged or robust, uh, you know, yeah, I, and I'm sure shipping overseas uh, from Game Crafter in Wisconsin, I think they're in Wisconsin, or maybe they're in Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota, okay. Uh, I'm sure shipping overseas is not cheap. Um, so I, I get your concern about spending the money there, but it, uh, but you know, y- you could, you could easily, you could, uh, do something in Inkscape. You could take it to a print shop. I'm sure there are equivalents of Kinko's out there for you, if not an actual Kinko's for you guys, you could take it to a print shop and have something printed in a large format. That's, that's real easy. You, I, yep. I've used foam core, uh, yeah. as board before. Oh yeah. It works um, great. It works great. You could also, uh, you could just go to a, to a thrift store of some kind and find some old board game. Yep. And, and just, you know, you could tape it down or use a spray adhesive or something to stick yep. it to the old board. Now, I would not be afraid of that. The other thing I've found that works really well is go to the store and get one of those presentation boards, the sure. cardboard that folds already. Yeah, they're pre, pre-scored for yep. folding. Yeah. And you just uh, cut it into the shape you need, and mm-hmm. then you've got it folds already and yeah. stuff. And uh, I've done that more than once, and it works yeah. really well. Yeah, when I uh, when I uh, went to my first unpub and I brought the Saloon Tycoon uh, prototype, mm-hmm. I just used full sheet labels and printed board stuff onto full sheet labels and and did and peel and stuck that down to and reused an old game board and that's what I ended up sending to AJ for for, for the publisher evaluation. He didn't care as long as it was functional. He didn't care. Um, so yeah, so um, I would say yeah. So there are ways that you can make something that's stronger, a little bit more robust than just mm-hmm. printer paper that you cut out. So so I would not be afraid of that. Um, and I would encourage you to, to try some of those things. You don't have to be an amazing artist or great at graphic design to make some simple shapes. That's, it's really not hard. Uh, if you just, sure. if you just take uh, you know, take the pressure off yourself and just say, look, it's, a, I'm going to screw this up a few times and that's okay. And it doesn't have to look perfect the first time. And don't be afraid to iterate. If you came to my house and you looked at the folders uh, of, of images and stuff that I'm working on. Uh, I will I will do something and I will get halfway through it and I'll say, eh, I learned something about what I, what my approach needs to be, but I'm gonna stop. And but I also I never delete anything. I'll just I'll just save a new file and I'll just right. increment the numbers. So I always do you know game board o one o two o three o four. Uh, and I think I, I talked about um, doing some some three D modeling and, and having having three D printed stuff from Shapewaves. Um, and and I've got I think I've got eight different versions of that of that red planet model before mm-hmm. i f- i got something to what i want and and by by saving new versions it means you can always look back at what you were doing before if, if you go in a direction you don't like it so so don't be afraid of, of redoing stuff in m- multiple versions especially when you're new at it and, and and letting yourself do that and being okay with that takes a lot of pressure and a lot of stress off um and i would say try and do that before you pay somebody else to do it i think that's that, worthwhile that would be my advice um because, because it's a lot cheaper, and I, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. It's true. And and you should be prepared to pay an artist for their work. Um, that's something that I've learned in doing this as well. That that we, I mean, we we've we're in a position where we've had some some people reach out to us and offer to help us with things, just like Matt did for me with with Eight Arms to Hold You, and that's super generous of him. But it doesn't always happen. But it doesn't always happen, right? And and I and you know, looking back on that, I. I almost feel like I should not have taken him up on that because he, he Well that was different though. He was basic he said, I would like to give you art for this game if you meet these demands. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean that he basically said, Here's what I want, yeah. here's what you've got. Can we work this out to work together? Sure. Yeah. That's different, right? Yeah, right. Um <clears throat> he basically was leveraging, here's the talent I have. Yeah. And I want to create this. You've already done this. Let's work together and sure. finish it. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm at a, a point now where I understand that, and I I would never go to an artist and say, "Hey, will you work for free for me?" I would never right. do that, and I don't no, think that's fair to ask. Yeah, there was a time where I probably would have, not realizing. Me, like, me too. You don't right? Do that? right. Yeah. Early on, I probably would. I I think I, in fact, I may have done that to somebody and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about running a Kickstarter for this. Will you do a bunch of art for me, and I'll pay you back if the Kickstarter funds." Right, which was such a jerk thing to do, and right. I know but that it, now. it's because it sounds logical, right? I mean, we've worked in other businesses where that's the case, right? Where you you do things together on spec and you see if they work out, right? Um, but you know, a lot of these artists are making a living that yeah, way. Yeah, it's just it's a stupid question, and to ask. so yeah, yeah, it's, um, un- it's unfair. I don't want to say yeah, stupid; yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. it's unfair yeah. to them. Now, I know several artists who've said, "Pay me this up front, pay me the rest when the Kickstarter funds." 
Like, and if it doesn't, you still have to pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm going to give you a break and let you wait until then. And that's great. That just speaks to your relationship with that artist. And if they offer that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Sure. Right? There's nothing wrong with that at all. As long as you intend to pay them and you will be able to pay them either way. Right? Yeah. So, anyway, those are my th- those are my thoughts. Um, thanks for the message, Andrew. Um, yeah, we, dri- ha- we have some other stuff from you. We're going to hold off just because yeah. of time and stuff. Sure, but so. dri- drive safe. Yes. Please drive safe. <laughs> On the wrong side of the road. <laughs> Do we have anything else? That is what we have for tonight. All right. So we ate up all our time. So you're not pitching a game because you're a jerk. That's okay. You're I'll lazy. pitch next time. It's fine. You better. Or I'll be... I won't really care, honestly. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us like Andrew did, you can just record as, as some audio on your phone or another device and email it to, email it to us. Uh, by sending it to buildingthegamepodcast@gmail.com, you can also call our Google Voice number at seven seven zero tell BTG. You can go to our website at buildingthegamepodcast.com to uh, see our full archive of over three hundred episodes. Well over that, if you factor in our bonus episodes. Yeah, <clears throat> cool. Closing in on four hundred actually, if you factor in the yeah, bonus episodes. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at podcastbtg. Jason is at jaslingerlin. I'm at play underscore design. You can like us in places and give us five star reviews if you want to. Uh, and uh, we'll do this again next week because that's what we always do um, uh, because we can't help ourselves we're kind of addicted at this point and it's it's embarrassing and shameful I have a lot of shame um, you should I'm gonna probably on my way home tonight I'm gonna stop at a fast food place and just buy a lot of chicken and just and just eat all the chicken and then when I get home and I have chicken left over I'll just park in the garage and I'll sit there and I'll just stuff the rest of the chicken into my face and I'll just have like chicken grease all over my hands and all over my face and, and I'll walk in and my wife will, my wife will ask me why I'm all greasy and disgusting and I'll say I just I just shame it's a good thing that you corrected yourself because you said my wolf and I think if you walked in to a place where there was a wolf and you were oh, all covered man. in chicken grease it might eat your face it would not go well yeah that would not go not well not for you for the wolf it'd be tasty but well yeah, you, yeah. right you'd basically be like a turducken except for you know you'd be a human chicken yeah man yeah. man mankin a, a mankin person chicken person chicken <laughs> see i can evolve <laughs> all right good night good night Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast.